0: I've been set up with a room in a tiny inn. The mattress on my temporary bed is hard as a rock, but after what I've been through it feels like I'm lying on goose feathers. Tree bark is... strange. The people here stared at me as I stumbled through their town's entrance, past a stable packed with horses. I thought someone would rush up to help me. I can see myself in a mirror now, and I look like I'm near death. But everyone kept their distance. Not too far into town, I came across the building I'm in now. A wooden structure, slightly bigger than the other buildings, and yet still small with peeling paint across the entrance that just says, In. No name. Not tree bark in or anything, just... In. I walked inside. The woman at the desk was looking down at what seemed to be paperwork. I'll be with you in just a moment, she called out to me. With all my strength, I walked up to the desk and said in a raspy voice, Please, I need water, food, I'm dying. The woman looked at me with an irritated look on her face. I thought she'd send me back out to the street to die. Then her expression changed when she looked at my jacket. No, stared at my jacket, at the strange patch with the two-headed hawk soaring over the sunrise. A smile creeped on her face, but her eyes weren't smiling. They looked intense. What does she know? What does this patch mean? I wanted to ask, but something in the pit of my stomach told me it would be a very, very bad idea to let on that I don't know what it means. She gave me the key to this room, along with a pitcher of water and a basket of bread. Didn't ask for anything in return. The bread is hard and stale, but I can't complain. I'm trying to eat and drink slowly, gradually reintroduce the idea of nourishment back to my body. I faintly remember that eating or drinking too fast after going so long without was dangerous. Hell, if I can remember where I heard that, though. Just woke up. It's dark out now. Tried to get back to sleep, so I'll be awake during the day, but I can't. Still feel compelled to record. If something happens, I want people to know. I need to see if there's a store that sells batteries I can use for this recorder. Can't think of what the batteries are called, but I need those tiny, thin, circular ones. I can't imagine there's much life left in this poor thing. Wait, what's that? I see shadows, movement out the window. There's a small group of people gathered outside the inn. I'm on the upper floor, hopefully they don't see me. One of them's pointing in my direction. Did he see me? No, no, I, I don't think so. He's pointing, but he's not looking. He's yelling at someone, a woman... I think it's the receptionist I spoke to. She looks upset, but I can't tell what anyone's saying. They must be talking about me. But why? I fell back asleep. I'm still in my room, so that's good. I thought an angry mob might come and drag me out of my bed. But nothing happened. There's fresh, well, there's more bread on the table now, as well as some cheese. Hard as a rock, of course. I can't help but wonder if they're poisoning me. But it's either that or starve to death. Might as well eat it. The woman isn't at the front desk today. There's someone else a bald man with a bright scar running down his left cheek that somehow looks like it's both old and fresh at the same time. He glared at me with narrow eyes as I came down the stairs to explore the town, but it didn't say anything. I said nothing to him, just walked out the door. Was he the man screaming and pointing at me last night? The town was emptier, than it had been yesterday when I arrived. And I thought I was just delirious, but the more I think about it, the more I'm sure. I didn't see a single familiar face from yesterday. Now, I'm sure I didn't see everyone who lives in Treebark, but still, a town this tiny you'd think I'd see a few of the same people. Anyway, I walked through the town, taking care to avoid getting close to anyone. Most of the houses were just that. Not many stores or businesses, just wooden buildings for people to live in. I thought about knocking on a door, trying to have a conversation with someone. But something kept me back. Eventually I found what passed for a store. It had a sign hanging from the door that read, Tree Bark General Store, in fresh red paint. I wonder why the inn didn't fix up its own sign when they clearly have the supplies. I carefully opened the door and was greeted by a surprisingly cheerful face. Hey there, welcome to Treebark, General Star!" The red-faced man practically shouted at me. He was short, with a thin receding hairline, but what hair was still on his head was dyed a bright blue. He was dressed in bright colors, very different from the drabness of everyone else in town. I was taken aback. Why was this man so different from everyone else here? Uh, I'm just looking for some supplies, I told him. I'll be moving out soon, Uh, don't worry. I betcha will, I betcha will! He was still shouting and winked at me. No one was at the door. Just a basket of food. More than food, I'm looking at a feast. Meat, fruit, soft, warm bread. I want to eat it so badly, but something's not right. I have a terrible feeling about this town. So, I was in the store. They had the batteries I needed, surprisingly. That man knew what I needed without me having to show him the recorder. I think he knows more about me than I could begin to imagine. I also found a canteen that I filled up from a well out by the store, along with some other supplies that'll be helpful as I move out. I can't stay in this town. Once again, I wasn't asked to pay anything. I tried to offer some sort of trade. I told the man I could help out in his store for a while in exchange, but he wouldn't hear it. "'No, sir, no, sir,' he said, still grinning wildly. "'Happy to be of service to a man such as yourself!' Then his eyes darted around and he lowered his voice. "'This town doesn't see it yet, but they will. You mark my words,' he whispered to me. His hand slid across the counter, and when he removed it there was a scrap of paper with the same insignia from my patch crudely drawn. Two-headed hawk over a sunrise. Although now I'm wondering if it's meant to be the sun setting. I looked at him, astonished. What did he know?' I wish you could stay longer to teach them a thing or two, but I know how potent it is for you to be moving on. I just left. I didn't say anything. I wish I had. I should go back. I should... wait. There's something going on downstairs. Lots of shouting. It sounds like furniture's being thrown across the room and... No. Was that a gumshot? Damn it! I'm not ready. I, I'm going to hide the recorder in the secret pocket on my jacket. I, I don't think anyone besides the store owner has seen it. Slip the batteries in there, too. I can't fit the canteen or the first aid box. Let, let me see. Yes, there we go. One of the floorboards is loose. I can stuff it under. Damn, they're coming up the stairs. Uh, just a minute. Wait, no. What are you... About time you took that son of a bitch out. If you hadn't wasted so much time with the girl, I would have been here sooner instead of cleaning up your mess. All right, all right. Take him down to holding, but don't kill him. Not yet. Tell me when he wakes up. Beyond the Road is presented by Brothers from the Same Mother Productions and is performed by Zachary Jackson. This episode also featured the voices of Ryan Milliner and Tess Garrett. Beyond the Road is written and produced by Charlie Johnson. Music by Andrew Dickinson. Learn more about him at midnightnoonmusic.com. Like us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash BeyondTheRoadPodcast and follow us on Twitter at Beyond underscore Road. Email us at beyondtheroadpodcast at gmail.com.